Today on the LA Food Podcast, I'm Lucas Gervodio, and we've got the daddy of all episodes for you today. I'm joined by Kyle Davidson, the founder, the business owner, the creative genius behind Dough Daddy, one of LA's premier Detroit-style pizza destinations. Kyle joins us for what I think is a truly fascinating conversation on what it was like to have his whole life change overnight during the pandemic and then having to find your way out through pizza. It's a really, really wide-ranging conversation on resilience during tough times, on finding success practically overnight, and on navigating the ups and downs of being a business owner, not just financially, but also from a mental health standpoint. I really enjoyed talking to Kyle. I learned a lot, and I think you're gonna enjoy it too. So without further ado, let's chow down. Today, we're joined by the Detroit-style pizza guru behind one of LA's best purveyors of the form, Dough Daddy. It's Kyle Davidson. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, Luca? I'm good. So, be honest. Did you ever consider naming your business Dough Zaddy? (laughs) No. No, No? I didn't, but maybe I I should have. The the name wasn't even really a planned name. It was kind of an accident from a a joke I made on Instagram. And and when it came time to give it a name, I was like, I think this is the name. So, uh, but I I didn't even have time to think about something like Zaddy. So, yeah, you know, well, maybe version two. Maybe version two or the spinoff, you know, the, uh, Mm -hmm. the, the the second location one day. Right. Or like a, like a thin crust version, you know? Ooh, that sounds that sounds interesting. So, look, a, a lot of people know Doe Daddy and know you know you as the guy associated with Doe Daddy and, uh, and and associated with pizza in general. But I'd like to know who the real Kyle is first. Are you are you from the Midwest? No, uh, it's very funny. I get asked that question a lot, and I, I always feel bad answering it, um, because <laughs> especially when it's like you know, it's people from that are from like Michigan, and they're like, "Oh, what part?" You know, where they like do the thing where they like hold up their hand, you know, to like tell you which part of the state they're from, and I'm just like, yeah. um, "San Diego, Michigan." <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, uh, no, that's th- not from the Midwest. That's my favorite part of Michigan. Yeah, right? The weather's San great Diego, there. Yeah. It's totally different than the rest of the state. Yeah, it's a real anomaly. Uh, <laughs> so you you grew up in San Diego? Grew up in San Diego. Uh, yeah, spent the first uh, 20, 20 something years of my life there and then um, headed up to LA in like my, my early to mid 20s. Did you, were you always a food guy? Or did you grow up? No. I mean, I, I grew up loving food, but I, it's also funny because I'm like, when I say loving food, like I, um, many of my friends describe me of having a palate as like that of an eight-year-old. Like yeah. I, I like really, mostly really simple food, but done really, really well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've, I'd never done anything like this. Like, I, you know, I cooked at home and, and things like that, but not like extensively. So this was, this was very new for me. So what kind of foods did you grow up eating as a, as an, as a eight year old that kind of stayed? Oh my gosh. Yeah. As a, I mean, as a kid, I was really bad. Like I, I, it was like, uh, like I didn't even like, but this is, this is one that always gets people. I did not even like pizza sauce when I was a kid. 
Well, I can understand that. I feel like a lot of pizza stop <laughs> sauce has a lot of gunk in it. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe I was on to something, but I think I was just like, really, I don't know. There was something about about it. So like, I would literally take take pizza and get it. And then I would like peel off the layer of like the cheese and pepperoni and then scrape off the sauce and then put this back on. Like, this is wow. this is like the worst right. advertising for my business I could do right now. But I've changed. I've changed. That's I mean, honestly, when you describe it that way, that's some OCD serial killer level shit right there. <laughs> it's pretty it's it's like it's it, I'm I'm maybe I'm, I'm like, maybe we should edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it good. sounds look, so much man. worse when I say it out loud. Yeah, no, look, you've grown. You've grown since then and, and people appreciate growth. So what what brought you to L.A. from San Diego? Um, work actually. So at, at the time, um, I was working in logistics, um, for a company that, that did like ground operations for cruise lines. Um, Mm -hmm. and so obviously port of LA, big, big port for cruises. Um, and so I got a, a job with another company doing the same thing. They were a Canadian based company and they asked me to, um, open up their, their first U S office here. So I started that with them and that's what had me loop, move to long beach. Actually, that's where I was first, um, for a couple of years. I love long beach underrated food scene, in my opinion, Real, especially since I've been there. I mean, it, it, there was some, there were a few good spots, uh, down there when I was there, but that was like, you know, 15 years ago. And now, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, really grown and, and there's a lot of great spots. in Long Yeah. Beach. Yeah. Good, good, good pizza too, but no mm-hmm. Detroit style. I don't think. I don't think so either. I think it's one of the few places now in the greater Los Angeles area that doesn't have a Detroit style pizza place. Yeah. 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 Which, Hey, maybe we'll change that. But so (laughs) you, you moved here working in, in logistics. What, what Mm -hmm. was, when did that change? When did you go from logistics to DoDaddy? Was it, was it overnight? Was that the transition? Uh, pretty much overnight. Yeah. So I, um, a few jobs later was working for uh, a car service company. They're based in Boston, executive transportation company and, and lots of stuff for movie studios and things like that. And I was mm-hmm. running um, their California operations for them. And um, so, yeah, that was all the way up through uh, March 2020. And then um, it's been a few years, but I think we can all remember what happened. So uh, wait, so you yeah. were you were working at that company up until March 2020? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. And then you know, basically the world started to collapse on itself. And was it what were, were you let go or was or was it more of uh, you you realize you want to do something different at that point? I wish I could say that I realized I wanted to do something different at that point. But no, it was. Uh, it was kind of an interesting journey because obviously, you know, we, the company was, you know, very quickly having to shut down, you know, operations and everything because there was, you know, no one was traveling, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, but they, they were, spo- they were planning on keeping a, a small core of their leadership team on. And so like, I got on a call, like, a week earlier and they were like, everybody who's here is staying. And I was like, phew, you know, Mm -hmm, like, all right, mm -hmm. I can relax. And 
of course at that time we all thought like or we we were all being told at least like hey we'll see you know see in a few weeks see in a month whatever right yeah. like it wasn't <laughs> so it was one of those things where it was like okay well even if i'm getting like laid off now maybe i you know won't be laid off for a super long time even if it's you know 3 months 4 months whatever they'll yeah we we all quickly learned what the word furlough means we added that to our <laughs> vocabulary we did right yeah we didn't yeah. we we didn't know that one very well so so yeah, so um, that that changed a week later. I, I got a call from my boss in the middle of the day. Um, I guess I should back up slightly. It, it This is one of those stories that I think when I tell it, people think I'm making it up, but I, I swear this is how it happened. Uh-huh. Um, I, I had just wanted to make Detroit style pizza for my friends because there was, I, I, I mean, if I recall correctly, other than maybe a pop-up, I don't I don't think there was any permanent location serving Detroit style pizza in LA at that point in time. Maybe Dude, I don't, D-Town, I don't have, but I don't I don't know that D-Town was permanent at that point in time. I they were definitely family, like one of the first though. I have family in Detroit and I didn't even know that Detroit style pizza was a thing. How did you even right. come to How did you even <laughs> come to learn of Detroit style pizza? Yeah, I guess we back up the story slightly more. Yeah, I so Funny enough, I went to um, Tony's Pizza Napolitana in San Francisco years traveling for work, uh, one of my logistics jobs. And they, I don't know, have you ever been to one of like Tony's establishments? Like, he's yeah, got, like, okay, to- right. Tony's so- Pizzeria Napolitana in, uh, in like the Italian part of San Francisco. Okay, yes. So you've been, right? you've been there. Yes, exactly. He also has a spot called Pizza Rock in, um, in Vegas, but the thing, the theme of these places is he's doing all different styles of pizza. Um, you know, so they've got different ovens, they've got, you know, all kinds of different setups. And, and so I was always like a thin crust pizza person, New York style, um, Neapolitan style, like that kind of stuff. And, and the, um, the server was like, well, have you ever tried Detroit style pizza? And I was like, no, what is that? And she was like, it's really good. It's like a pan style pizza. I'm just telling you. And I'm like, ah, I don't like thick crust. And she's like, just try it. I guarantee you'll like it. If not, we'll get you something else. Like I was like, all right, you know, like that's strong praise. And like, I took my first bite of this and I was like, how have I not been eating this my entire life? <laughs> like, yeah, really? It was like a game changing pizza experience for me. And I ate myself sick. I remember like going back to the hotel room that, that night and being like having a severe stomach ache, but being like, I can't wait to eat that again. <laughs> yeah, That's always the best kind of food experience when you've eaten to the point of discomfort and pain, but your mind is still telling you that was worth it. Yeah, like if I had more, I probably would have kept eating more. And the, honestly, the first like 10 times I ate Detroit style pizza, that was my experience because it was always while I was traveling, you know? So it was like, oh, I'd, I'd be going to a spot for work and I'd, I'd look up and be like, is anyone making Detroit style pizza there? And if they were, I was eating it and I was eating too much of it. So did so, you make, had you made pizza before? Or were, were you had, basically prompted to make it because there wasn't a good Detroit style pizza version in Los Angeles? Yes, that is exactly what happened. I was like, I had been talking to a lot of my friends about it. They had never had it. And I was like, you know what? I'm tired of only having access to this when I'm somewhere else. I'm a halfway decent cook. I bet, you know, I can find a recipe on the internet and kind of figure this out. And it'll be at least like an approximation, right? 
Um, and so that was where I was at. And, you know, this, that was like in February and I was like, I should, I should just like buy a bunch of stuff and, you know, I'll have friends over and we'll do like a pizza party thing. And, you know, I was like, I got to get the right cheese. So like you could only buy like brick cheese in like six, like a six pound, you know, loaf. So I was like, all right, I guess I'm making a lot of Detroit. <laughs> pizza, but you know, I have friends over, you know, and then, yeah. Did you so. have to order the brick cheese online? Oh yeah. That, that was, that was, I think the first time I ordered it, I ordered it off at, amazon if i'm not mistaken um and uh yeah that was you had to get it drop shipped i mean and to be honest that's how that's how not to get ahead of ourselves but that's that's how doe daddy had to be for for quite a while um so yeah yeah so so when coronavirus not only took my job it also took my idea of taking a having a pizza party with my friends away (laughs) oh so you never even had the pizza party never even had the pizza party i was was... gonna ask how did the friends react to detroit style but they didn't even get a chance to (laughs) they didn't get a chance to um yeah no so i i then was like stuck with this cheese and pans and all this other stuff and i was like (laughs) well i'm gonna have to like make some pizza at some point in time um, and I swear to you that the, the first day I made it while the dough was rising in the middle of the day was when I got a call from my boss. And as soon as my phone rang and it was my boss, I was like, there's no work going on. So this is only about one thing. Oh no. And that was literally the phone call being like, I'm sorry, but you know, we've got to let you go. And that was, that was it while, while the dough was rising. I was going to say, did you have an epiphany? in that moment, like your eyes caught the dough rising and you were like, this is my destiny. now." (laughs) It wasn't quite that theatrical, um, (laughs) but I was like, all right, well, um, I guess I could at least I got something to keep me busy for the rest of the afternoon and evening. I'll, I'll make myself some cocktails. I'll eat this pizza and I'll just kind of, you know, feel sorry for myself. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I made it and had a couple of drinks and, you know, maybe it was the drinks, who knows, but I was like, Hey, this is pretty good. You know? How did you find the, did you find a recipe or like, how did you know how to make it? Yeah. I just found a recipe on the internet. Um, it was a serious eats recipe and I was like, you know what? I'm serious eats usually does me pretty well. So I was like, let's just, let's just pop this off. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Here, the way that it was. And, um, yeah, it was really good, and um, I was like, well, you know, I still have a lot of friends with jobs at this point in time, and, you know, they like cocktails, and, like, restaurants are closed, and no no one else is making this pizza, so, like, hey, maybe, uh, you know, some of my friends will, like, pity buy some of this pizza from me, <laughs> which is literally what I posted on my Instagram. Um, you, you know, pity is an underrated emotion to capitalize <laughs> on, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like it's, it's highly effective. Pulls at people's heartstrings. Not the first business to be started on pity, I'll tell you that. Definitely not. Definitely not. So you posted um, and we're like, hey, I made some pizza. Feel bad for me and buy it? Yeah, basically. Does any, do any of my friends with jobs want to pity buy some, some of this off of me? And I said, and that's when I said, because daddy needs to make some dough. So I made a dumb dad <laughs> joke. And that's how I got the, the dough daddy name. That's good. And so, so people bought the pizza. 
Yeah. And and the reviews were good. The reviews were good. They it was it was very organic. Uh, the modern day version of word of mouth, which is Instagram, and you know they would get the pizza and they post it on their story or whatever, and and then you know their friends were like, oh, I want to try it, and um and so it it just like for like I think it was only like about two weeks of that or so definitely not much longer and then all of a sudden I got a message from Farley at Eater LA like a direct message and he was like hey I've I've heard about this pizza I want to try it and I was just like what you're joking (laughs) no it's like so two weeks of word of mouth from friends and then Bill Farley gets you in your dms it was just the right it was the right amount of um the the right people that had happened. So it was like a friend of a friend knew him. Uh-huh. And when he when that friend posted it, he saw it. And then that's like how it happened. So kind of kismet just in that like these people happened to be connected, saw the Instagram post. Yes. Yes. Got it. And so because that's a pretty rapid rise to rise to fame there. You know, businesses operate for years before they catch the attention of of critics you were operational for like two weeks selling things on venmo and you get a dm from farley yeah and i was uh scared shitless because <laughs> <laughs> now you're like now you're like i've been making this for my my college roommate but now i have to go and make this for a food yeah critic. you know i'm like i don't belong in this world conversation you know and um and it was like if that happened and then like either the same day or the day after like i got a message from um jaleel white like aka steve urkel that was like i heard about this pizza and i want it not 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 a food critic but still an interesting dm (laughs) yeah absolutely and i was so freaked out and overwhelmed and like i was like you gotta be honest with me you got to yeah. be honest with me. When you got the DM and you delivered his pizza, did you say to yourself, did I do that? <laughs> oh, man, there were so many joking made. But the thing is, like, I didn't even like I like people when I tell people this story, too, they're just like, what were you doing? But like with both of these messages, I was like, I'm not really sure if I want to engage like engage in this. Like I replied, yeah. to them, but I wasn't sure if I actually wanted to like have Farley write something. And I wasn't sure if I wanted to even have, like, I think, I think even the deal that I maybe made with Jaleel was that he wouldn't post about it right away or something. That is like kind I, of badass, bro. Honestly, for, <laughs> for, for you to, for you to get those DMS and be like, I want this to stay on the DL. Well, you, like don't post. That's like, yeah. that's like some like easy level marketing shit. You no, know? Man. Well, it's funny because like, don't give me credit for it. All it did, all it was coming from was a place of extreme fear. That's <laughs> all it was. Like, it wasn't like, oh man, I want to keep this cool. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing yeah. and I don't think I can handle this. You were and afraid of blowing up, basically. Absolutely. I was yeah. terrified of blowing up. I was terrified of like getting found out. Like, I had imposter syndrome doing this for like, I'm not kidding you uh maybe a a year and a half of doing yeah. this. Yeah. Like I it was 
I was like, I do not belong in these conversations. I, I do not belong in this world. I am just a guy who lost his job and started making pizza. Um, and I'm going to get found out. And it's going to be this thing where there's going to be all this hype around me. And then, and then it, people are going to be like, this pizza sucks. And I this, really uh, believe that for a long time. Have you seen the movie I'm Not Okay on Hulu? I have, I have not seen it. It's it's about this. It's very it's very good. It's about this uh, this social media person that wants to be famous so bad that she fakes being at the like uh, Paris terrorist attack. Um, and oh, and, I've heard about this. Yeah, she like posts and basically you know gains fame and notoriety because everybody thinks that she survived this Paris terrorist attack. Oh my God. Um, and the whole movie is about her like getting found out. Basically, oh, um, I'm just picturing you having the same exact <laughs> experience, but related to Detroit style pizza. Yeah, I was so I was so scared, and even when people would tell me it was good, I did not believe them that they were telling the truth even who people who were like strangers where there'd be like no reason to lie i was yeah. just like uh i would like dis. i would find a way to discount it you know yeah. i would be like oh they don't know what they're talking about they're just you know they're just caught up in the hype you know it's like that's all this is and um well wait it really so wait. took a long time so farley ate your pizza did he write about it he did yes Right yeah. away. So th- you've been operational for like, what, a month and he's writing about your pizza? Yeah. So uh, what's that like? How was the article? Uh, How? Uh, what, was the re- what was the reception? The article was incredible. Um, like, it was so, like, I was just like, I can't believe that this is being written. But again, I didn't, I still couldn't find a way to believe it. Um and within, I don't know, a day, I had like, I don't know, 2,000 followers on Instagram or something like that. Like, it was wow. like really fast. Had you created the DoDaddy account at this point? I, I did create the DoDaddy account before he wrote about it because it was like it was like a week or two it was like right before i think that i talked to him i i created the account because i was like you know there was also this whole element of fear of being like oh well, i'm operating an underground place out of my apartment yeah. in downtown los angeles and i'm gonna yeah. get caught like <laughs> i'm gonna get shut down like yeah. i i was just like and it and that was another reason why i was like unsure if i wanted it to be written about because i was like what if you know i, w- I wouldn't even i don't even know if i let him use my first name i can't remember but I was like, don't use my full name. And, you know, I was just like terrified. It was just yeah. pure paralysis of fear. And so you um, got 2,000 followers or something like that off the article. Did inquiries go through the roof as well? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was like out of control super fast. And, of course, you know, at this point in time, I, I was so new to this. And I was also working, you know, out of. An apartment kitchen in downtown LA that I hadn't really changed at all. Like I didn't even have, I was using every like surface in my <laughs> apartment to like set pizzas on. And I, I mean, I was just so, I was so inefficient, like, like making six in a, in a night was like, oh my God, I'm going to die. This is like, and is that how... all that was available? Six pizzas a night? Yeah, I think when that article went up, that was all I was 
making at that point. Bro, I'm having st- stress dreams just thinking about this. Oh my god, I didn't sleep. I wasn't yeah. sleeping for months. That's nuts. So, uh, so you mean six pizzas a night? You were probably selling out every night, though. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, there wasn't even. <laughs> it was like it was a, it was a joke. It was like it was like you know I would. I mean, it, first of all, I was breaking, you know, I was trying, I was using like a, like a site called slotted, I think. And it was just yeah. breaking slotted every time that I would actually post anything up. And I wasn't even telling people when I would post because I knew that if I told them when I would post that they would like just wait, all jump on it at once and it would yeah. break the site. So I would just randomly release slots at random points of time throughout yeah. the week. Like it was full like lottery <laughs> mode. And then, of course, you know, you get so many messages from people being like, um, hey, man, I'll give you, you know, some crazy amount of money for a pizza. All, hey, man, like, just do me this favor. Or like, you know, people who are like higher profile people, like just trying to cut the line, like all that stuff. So you're just fielding so many DMs like all the time. Please um, say, please say you sold out to those people. To, I, I sold out to what people? To, to the to the people that were offering you a bunch of money? No, I didn't. <laughs> oh, you're you're you have too much integrity, my friend. I would have sold those pizzas so fast. It trust me, it was super tempting because you know there were people that were offering two or three hundred dollars for pizza. And oh my god, know, I would have been like, yeah, how many do you want? I'm all yours. Yeah, right. But I was like, my thought was like twofold with it. Number one, my biggest thing I think was I was just like dude, I don't want to be like pizza for the wealthy. Like I, I just, I don't want to do that. Like, and I'm like, I also just felt like the whole situation that I was in as like a recently unemployed person kind of due to like, I mean, like my company could have afforded to keep me on. Like it was, yeah. you know, kind of no, like due to corporate, corporate greed. greed. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I can't, I just, I can't do this. Like I'm going to feel shitty about it. like i even asked my friend when the first one happened he was like well here's the thing man if you say once yes you'll probably say yes again and then it'll kind of become a practice like this won't just be like a one-off thing and i was like you're right and i was like and i just don't think that's going to make me happy ultimately and then the other part of it too was i was like you know if i do that all these other people who are like true enthusiasts that that might not that might want to buy it multiple multiple times are just going to give up you know, yeah. like they're and, and they're going to see people getting pizza and then they're going to wonder, especially if they're like higher profile people, they're going to be like, oh, did this person cut the line? Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, you know, I just I don't think this is me and and I don't think this will ultimately work to my advantage. So, dude, no, I, I respect that, man. I, I respect that. I, I think there's nothing more off putting than when you see somebody maybe start to bask in their success and fame a little bit too much and you're like it doesn't feel like something that's accessible to you anymore um as a consumer right. so i feel right. like you, you you probably made the right move especially at that at that point in your in your journey thanks thanks uh yeah i think i think i did too in retrospect but certainly at the time i was i was much more unsure and i was like am i being an idiot you know like <laughs> should i just take as much money as i can take because i'm unemployed who knows how long this is gonna last but I think, I think honestly, in the long run, I, you know, financially, the business definitely did better than it would have would have done. So, yeah, yeah, man. Well, so how long did that whole phase last? Basically, you know, 
selling six pizzas a night on slotted out of your downtown apartment? At what point were you like, I'm going to take this to the next level? Well, I had a lot of, you know, there was all, there was this part of me that was like, I got to start doing this immediately. Like, Mm -hmm. like um, there's this concept that, that I know from like relationships, it's just called like a relationship escalator. And for anyone who's like not familiar with that, it's kind of the idea of like, relationships are going to go a certain way and they're progressing and you're either on the escalator or you're off the escalator, but like you can't determine what happens. So it's like, you know, you meet someone, you start dating, uh, then you get exclusive, then you move in together that, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, you don't, you're not making choices. You're like almost following like a a script in some ways or whatever. And so I was like, I got to jump on the business restaurant escalator. You know, like that's Mm -hmm. what my thought was. I was like, well, I got this attention now. And I need to capitalize on this attention. And so I need to start working to get investors. And then I need to find a space and I need, you know, and I was ready to do all that. And I'd only been doing this for like a month and I didn't even know whether I was really going to like it in the long term. Yeah. And I also had a lot of reservations about running an actual restaurant because I think it's, um, I mean, I think the whole world has become a lot more aware since coronavirus of what a tough, tough business it is. But yeah, I, I knew from having friends that worked in it and I had opportunities to work in it and I always didn't do it because I didn't feel like it was a lifestyle that I wanted. And so I am so thankful um, for Wynn, who... Um, you know, he was part of a couple running Starry Kitchen. I think they're still doing some stuff there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, through a friend, um, I, he, you know, we were able to get in touch. And, you know, he gave me this incredible, you know, kind of advice to just be like, hey, just like chill. And he had experience with this, too, because, you know, Starry Kitchen started out as an underground restaurant out of their yeah. apartment. And, you know, it was so great to talk to someone. Um, I'm so grateful for the time that he gave me and the the words of wisdom and support that he gave me. Um, And that really kind of made me slow down. And I'm so grateful because I think if I had gone that path of, of, I'm going to, you know, find a brick and mortar and do all that. And despite all the noise that I was hearing from people that like, that's what they wanted me to do. Yeah. um, I think I really would have been miserable because ultimately like, the only way I enjoyed doing this was doing it in, in a certain way. And that did not involve having a restaurant and, you know, keeping different crazy hours and having a ton of employees and everything else. I I think I would have burnt out so, so fast that way. So not to mention like opening a brick and mortar in April of 2020 Mm -hmm. is probably Mm -hmm. the most deranged like path (laughs) you could have ever pursued, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I felt so bad for so many of these restaurants owners that went through, you know, the ups and downs of it all. And the like, well, you could do this. No, now you can't do that anymore. Or reopen everything, close everything. I mean, what an absolute nightmare um, yeah. for, for all those folks. So I was super grateful that um, I got that advice. So you decided to not go down the brick and mortar route. So what route did you go down? Um, well, I had a couple friends who, uh, love food and were good, um, 
they I they had made some food for me before that I was great, um, Chris and Cindy. And I, you know, they were both Cindy was working as a teacher, a substitute teacher. So she was out of work. And then um, Chris, Chris's job had had changed quite dramatically as well. And so I think Cindy came and worked with me first. Um, and then Chris soon thereafter. And, and so they started coming and, and making pizzas with me out of my apartment. Before they started working, I had like moved my way up, you know, I, I kind of kept ramping up each week in the amount that I had made, but then obviously having a second person there, and then all of us getting faster together, we were able to, you know, increase production a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's how we operated. We operated the, the three of us out of a downtown apartment for, I guess I was in that apartment for about a, a year. Yeah, and so did, did you like transform the apartment into a Dodati Dodati operation site? A little bit for sure, but I I I had to keep my sanity somewhat. So like I bought like these collapsible crates from Costco and had them kind of stack. I mean, the thing was too, I was in a I was in an open floor plan, like old loft style apartment, yeah. you know. So it was like it wasn't like even I could just like put everything in like one room or a closet or whatever. <laughs> so there were kind of crates stacked up in some spots. I had pizza boxes on top of this like loft storage area above the bathroom, just like, you know, hundreds of them stacked up there. Um and then uh had some folding tables that we would bring out for additional counter space. And then um, luckily, you know, Chris and Cindy lived um, in a house. And so they had a garage and everything and they had extra, they had an extra fridge in their garage Mm -hmm. because that was the other difficult thing was being able to store enough of the ingredients in my fridge to um, be able to make this all happen when I was relying on, a very unreliable transportation and shipping network through COVID. And I was having, you know, cheese drop shipped to me. Oh my God. What a nightmare that was. Oh my Um, God. Yeah. Because it was like, will it make it? Will it not? Will it make it in time and not be spoiled? I mean, not to mention that the cost of it and everything else was just like insane. So, um, you know, lucky, luckily again, I could, I would buy a ton at one time and then they would take a bunch back to their place and then they would bring it back like day by day so that we could make it work with the, with the fridge space that we had. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I'm looking at my fridge right now and just like sh- shuddering thinking yeah. <laughs> about fitting all of those bricks of Wisconsin cheese in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And, and. And giant things of pepperoni and, uh, you know, and places. Sauce, tubs of sauce. Tubs of sauce. (laughs) Oh, God. Where am I going to fit my LaCroix, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was almost no, I had almost no food of my own in my fridge. It was just just impossible. So you you did that. You were, you know, we're we're now 2021. You, Chris, and Cindy working out of the downtown apartment, but then at some point you switched over to West Adams, right? Yes. I, um, man, downtown was rough during the pandemic. I mean, you know? especially, you know, that summer, the, the, the summer of 2020 was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and, and honestly it was just, all the things, all the reasons why I had moved to downtown didn't really exist. Yeah. You know, it was like the bars are closed. The restaurants are closed. Like 
you know, and just walking around down there was just such a different experience. And it was so much more stressful. And, you know, we really didn't know as much, you know, about coronavirus as, as we know now. And I'm, here's the thing, like my parking space from my apartment was five, four blocks away. That's like, a nightmare, especially if you're trying to run a business where you need to transport things. Absolutely. I mean, I would go on my like shopping days and of course I'm having to go to like seven or eight different stores just to gather up the ingredients that I need for the next two or three days because, you know, it's either I have limits on how much I can buy or they just don't have enough stock of things that I'm, <laughs> that I'm yeah. buying. Well, especially during I, COVID. Absolutely. And then I've got a car full of all this stuff that I've then got like I bought one of those like wagons on the Amazon that I then got a wheel down the street. And then of course, like <laughs> through yeah. a lot of this, we were supposed, you know, we were told to wipe down our groceries and everything. Oh my God. I mean, it was, it was, I can't even imagine doing that now, but, but all of that is to say like, even just for myself, even if it wasn't for the business, I just needed like a change. And I was like, you know what? I really, really badly, want to have an outdoor space that yeah. I can maybe have some friends over to a little backyard or something. And I would love to just like have some more division of rooms so that I can keep all stuff somewhere else. And I just need like quiet, man. Like I just want to be in a quiet place. And yeah. so I started, started looking and, and came upon um, the place that I'm in now. And, you know, was like, oh man, this is going to be a game changer for me personally. And for, for DoDaddy too, in terms of, of space and, you know, being able to segregate it from the rest of my life. So, so yeah, that's, that's when I made the move and, um, it made a, definitely made a big difference to quality of life and, you know, ease of running the business. Um, yeah, we were able to produce more here than we were there. And oh, my God, the pickup process. I mean, <laughs> that was the other thing about downtown. I mean, I remember. You know, yeah, yeah, I mean, you it was like having to go to that uh, that parking lot where you had to pay to be there, but you just had to tell them, hey, I'm actually just popping yes. in real quick to pick something up. Yeah. Um, and then sort of like keeping your lights on, hoping nobody harasses you. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah it was. And, and also if that parking lot was open and if they weren't, if all the parking on my street wasn't closed because they were filming, because once they oh, started yeah, filming yeah, yeah. again, I mean, it was out of control. And of course too, like, I mean, I think people thought we were probably, you know, being jerks or whatever, but we were like, Hey, you got to arrive in this 10 minute window. And we have a 10 minute window every half hour. We, we run the pizzas down from the 11th floor. We pull this wagon around, we bring them to your car. And if you don't make it in that 10 minutes, I'm sorry. You got to wait a half hour. Cause guess what? We got another round of pizzas coming out I, of you. You know what though? The same thing. There was such a culture of that like pop-up food uh, movement yeah. happening that I feel like people were really respectful of that and, and respectful of the fact that it was logistical health for you all as business owners. Oh, so for like sure. and, and not to mention there was such scarcity of available like joy at the time yes. that we all did whatever it took, you know, yes. to experience yes. that little bit of joy. Absolutely. No, I mean, I, I did, I did my own versions of crazy things from picking up from other people in various uh, locations and houses and stuff like that during all of that. And it was kind of, you know, it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. You know, it was and at a lot at a time where a lot of people didn't have a lot to do. It was also something to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, chasing down the, 
food pop-ups and going, you know, driving across town to pick something up that like right. killed half a day sometimes, which was invaluable. Yeah. You needed it. You needed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So, so now you're in West Adams, you're, you're able to produce more. Has, how has the business changed? How has it stayed the same? Well, so when we moved, when I, when I moved here, the, um, it was right before vaccines started rolling out or like right as they were rolling out. And obviously yeah. that changed things a tremendous amount. Right. Um, you know, and so, you know, luckily my, you know, my pickup, my ease of pickup had gotten a little easy, my had gotten a little better. And then, you know, because we were able to produce more that also made the pizza a little bit easier to attain. Cause for, I mean, I mean, downtown, you know, in that, that world, I mean, we were, we were usually selling out for the week, like for almost a year, I think we were selling out for the week in like, usually, you know, a couple hours, Yeah. you know, at the longest. So, so that was making things a little bit easier, but also, you know, people, people's habits were changing too, right? People were really, I mean, I, I know I was, people were jonesing to, to go out to eat again, you know, to go to yeah. a restaurant. Um, and so, you know, that, that had an effect too, but know we still did quite well for for a little while and then you know things started trailing off a little bit and um you know and and it was around that time too where I just on, on a personal level I think the whole year caught up with me you know I think yeah. I was just going and going and going and going and adrenaline kind of, was probably yeah absolutely right? yeah and I, I just don't think I was just dealing with a lot of things that had you know, happened in, in my life in that period of time. And, you know, just you're so laser focused on the business and, and keeping it going and everything else that I just burn out, you know, I really had, I really had some major problems with anxiety and burnout. And I, you know, luckily Chris and Cindy were around because they kind of just kept things moving and kept the ship afloat. Um, while I took some time off and, and kind of, started to reevaluate and everything because yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't keep going. Um, and so that was like a real kind of difficult point of, of the business and, and in my life and everything, because it was, yeah. I mean, even me trying to quote unquote, do it, you know, in my own way and, and keep my, you know, keep some kind of work life balance. I mean, in reality, I wasn't really doing that, you know? So yeah. Yeah, it was a that was a really really tough time. Um, good for you business. for good for you for talking about it and for being open and honest about it. Not just here, obviously, but I mean like with yourself, because I feel like that was such a difficult thing to navigate during the pandemic. That's that's and not just during the pandemic, but right after is like mm -hmm. learning how to take stock of what we'd all been through and you know how it had had affected and changed our our daily lives and, and and i feel like it took a lot of us some time to catch up with that you know so um, for sure it's yeah. it's it's really cool that you were able to you know recognize that and and be able to you know apply that to your running of the business yeah i mean definitely i mean i think i think the i think the busier you were and the more you had to do all that was going on while it was nice at the time because i think you know i had I had friends even that were still employed, but just the business was essentially shut down Yeah, and that, you know, they were, they were kind of going into depression and, and all that stuff 
during, you know, COVID. Whereas me, I, I like had a purpose, you know, yeah. um, which was like a real gift. But then, you know, the flip side of that is when you, when that purpose is, is driving everything for you and you don't really stop and, and rest or take, take real stock or anything, then it's, then, then you kind of have it all catch up to you. And I, yeah, to your point, I think that happened with a lot of people as like a delayed reaction to the whole thing. So yeah, yeah, that was a, that was a tough time. And it was, you know, it lasted for a while too. You know, yeah. It wasn't just like, Oh, I took a month off and then it was fine. I mean, I remember being like, Oh, I'll take a week off. And then like five days went by and I go, this is not enough time. I'll take another week off. And then it was still not enough time. And at a certain point, you got to get back to some level of work because you got you to pay yeah. your rent. You got to do all these things. But uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. It was a, a, a glimpse into, you know, kind of what I wanted, had wanted to avoid and, and then found myself in. Yeah. So where, how did you like come back from that and, and how are you navigating that now? Cause you know, I mean, look, I feel like there was such a, an emphasis on, work-life balance and mental health for such a long time uh, during the pandemic and just after. But it seems like now there's a pendulum swing to almost trying to go back to business as usual. Uh, Big time. And, and, and almost like, you know, being like, oh, that was cute when we all, all were able uh -huh. to take stock of that. But now we're real life. Um, how do you like maintain that and still run your business today? Yeah, I mean, so I guess, you know, the answer to the first part of your question, kind of working my way out of that, obviously, um, having Chris and Cindy to, to be able to take some of the load off of me was invaluable. Um, it also helped, too, that I had, you know, started working with the developer and, and got like a website running. And those were like some of the kind of exterior factors um, that helped mm -hmm. with, with the overall load of the business. But, you know, I took a, I, I took some trips by myself um, to be in, to be in nature. I, um, I did a lot of therapy. I was in, I had already been in therapy, but I was in individual therapy and group therapy through all of that and was doing extra sessions and everything else um, and trying to learn, you know, some, um, some different, practices that can mm -hmm. help me manage my anxiety too um with you know either starting the day off with um you know some some quiet attempts at meditation i always say i'm bad at meditation and they're like you're not supposed to say you're bad at meditation but <laughs> oh um, dude i'm i'm dog shit at meditation <laughs> it's so yeah. it's so hard for me to keep my brain from going everywhere but and then you know trying to get a little healthier with exercise and things like that. You know, I mean, a lot of the typical things that they say that you should do. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and my dad even came up here and stayed with me for a while and gave me some extra support, which was really invaluable. So, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of that to kind of start getting my way back. And also just, I had to let go of some stuff um, to do it too, which was like, I had to let go of like, because what for me what it felt like when when that stuff was happening and then also the business was was trailing off a bit and and by that I meant you know oh my god we're we're no longer selling out like real fast you know yeah. or oh man here's a day or two during the week where we're not even actually selling out you know that kind of stuff 
And that felt, I mean, even though that's so normal for a business, that felt like the end of the world for me because yeah, I had just for so long, it was just like, Oh, we're sold out in 30 minutes. Okay. My whole, I know the whole week's taken care of now. I don't even have to worry about that, you know? Um, And so it really felt like, and then it was just, you know, I was so personally tied to the business. Like it was so much of me, which is what a lot of people told me made it great. But also for me, when it started not quote unquote going as well, it felt like, oh, this is a reflection on me in some way. Yeah. You know, I mean, you are, you are the dough daddy. (laughs) Right. Right. So it felt like this, like, oh, now. I'm like, I'm a failure. I'm failing. Like people don't care about what I do anymore. Like, you know, that's, that's what was was happening in my head. Um, And, you know, that, that made it really difficult. And so I had to really work hard to try and start separating me from DoDaddy. They had become Mm -hmm. so intertwined. And I also had to, you know, do, I also had to do a lot of work with, with what I viewed as, what what success meant to me and all you know really having a lot of feelings about you know how much money i make um and you know what's acceptable for me to make what is what is good you know and i really had to let go of a lot of that stuff and really had to think about like okay what do i actually need to survive what mm-hmm. do i actually because there were a lot of things that I could have probably done with DoDaddy to keep to keep it at the level it was at for longer, but there weren't things that I actually wanted to do. They weren't things I was interested in doing, and so I would have purely been doing you know something to make money, which a lot of people have to do. And I I was like, can I figure out some way to? This was like an experiment of can I do this in a way that I really love doing it and still make a good living and I could for a really long time um, Mm -hmm. but the world was different during that time you know and people's expectations during that time and you know what I've come to realize over the last year or so is that like it doesn't work in the same way that it did back then you know and so and I had to kind of come to grips with that. And I had to then start to think about, well, you know, what is it that I want to do with this? I don't want it to die completely. What is it that I want to do with this? Um, And that that's kind of been the stage that I've been in for a little bit here now. And so where's DoDaddy today? So DoDaddy today is still doing like a few nights a week. And it's just me now. Chris and Cindy have gone back to their, their normal jobs. Um, And, and then, you know, one thing that has started in the last, I don't know, I guess it's maybe been close to a year or so, is I've had some some regular customers and stuff who have been like, hey, would you come make pizza at our house? You know, we're having mm-hmm. a group, we're having a group of friends over. And I, I absolutely loved that. I mean, all the experiences that I've gotten to do where I've, I've gotten to, you know, be with a, a group of people that are enjoying the food um, and they're all wonderful people too, which is of course what makes it so nice that, that I really, really like doing. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun and um, I definitely want to keep doing things like that and offering that to folks, you know, it's kind of like have oven will travel. 
Um, you know, like, like that really, cause a lot of people are like, Oh, we need a pizza oven or I need, I don't have this or I don't have that. I'm like, literally I've been doing this. I mean, my, my oven in downtown LA was like one of the worst ovens I've ever had, but the magic of Detroit style pizza plant pans is it almost doesn't matter. So, um, does the work for you, right? Yeah, it really does. So I, I really like doing that and I want to keep doing that. Um, I have the days with DoDaddy and that might continue to happen a little bit where it becomes a little bit more of an occasional pop-up um yeah and I've you know kind of started to to focus myself you know job job wise um more towards using the skills that I acquired both in my career before and in building and running DoDaddy to help like small and medium-sized businesses as a consultant um and I really like doing that because you know, what I discovered with DoDaddy is I love, I really love solving problems. I really love figuring out the most efficient way to do things. And then I can get bored quite easily, you know? Yeah. So when I'm just here making pizza on a given day, I, I can be a little bit bored, you know, because I, I feel like I've gotten it down so much now where there's, there's really not a lot left for me to change or improve or figure out. And then yeah. my brain just kind of shuts off and, and, you know, so it really kind of, taught me like what I would like to do and um that's where I'm focusing some more of my energy now because I really would love to keep working for myself I I mean the the difference in my quality of life and just how I feel about work is so much better but um but you know we'll we'll see you know that's that's my that's what I'm doing though at, at this point in time I mean what you described is uh essentially flow state which is you know when flow state is have you heard of flow state yes yes you know it's like kind of like when you're really in the flow doing something that uh is fulfilling you and part Mm -hmm. of flow flow state is having something that challenges you a little bit um and that to me is what you're describing with needing to solve a problem and it feels like you've solved the associated with Detroit style pizza for you and, and, and dough daddy. And right now you're looking for something a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I think, and then I think what will happen for me too, is that um, dough daddy will become a little bit more of a novelty to me. And it'll be nice actually on the days where I, I do it, where it'll feel like a little bit of a break from the other thing, you know, and it'll kind of be nice to, to work with my hands a bit more, you know, and, and be physical and and work and create something that I know is, you know, someone's going to eat and enjoy and and things like that. So I think the two things can kind of balance each other a little bit. And um, so I think that's, that's where I'm at with it currently. Dude, I love this. You know, you described the thought, the concept of relationship roller coaster or relationship inertia, um, yeah. or no, you, you relationship escalator. escalator, you called it yeah. right. Yeah. Um, although many relationships also feel like roller coasters, roller coasters, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it's pretty cool that this business escalator, this business inertia that you're describing, kind of shows that there's no one path. You know, there's. Right there's a million different paths. There's a million different journeys. And, uh, each one is, is a hundred percent valid in its own way. And, you know, it's really cool to see your journey and where you're at, where you've been. And I cannot wait to see where it's going. Um, but 
if people are looking for Doe Daddy in the meantime, where do they find you? Oh, you can find uh, find me on Instagram, Doe Daddy LA, um, or if you just Google Doe Daddy, our our website um, will will pop up. I think is the first result. So um, yeah, still doing um, a few a few days a week, usually Fridays, uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, and then either Saturday or Sunday. Um, and also, yeah, I mean, again, the thing that I love the most, and I think is like the best experience for people too, is, you know, if you're having a a group of people over to your house and, you know, you, you've got an oven, um, can come over there and, and make it fresh for you. And, you know, straight out of the oven, there's, there's no better experience. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fun time. Um, so definitely I, uh, if I, people are interested in that, hit me I ju- up. I just had my birthday like two weeks ago. I wish you had told me about this before. Cause, uh, <laughs> that would have been <laughs> that fun, sounds, man. That sounds like heaven. We'll just have to do it another time. Absolutely. Uh, Kyle, thanks so much for joining, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, congratulations on all your success and, you know, we'll always be rooting for you here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, um, you know, it's, it's it's funny before we we got on here we started this talking about the idea that you know we feel like we've known each other for such a long time but have never actually (laughs) spoken live which is like a true sign of you were in a pandemic um yeah but uh yeah i mean i thank you so much for all your support and encouragement i mean you've definitely been one of the people that even when i was you know feeling pretty low about things have um given you know given me some perspective and um, given me some idea of that, you know, what I was doing still mattered to some people. And that was um, super invaluable to me. And I think what you've done for, for, with your own account is, is awesome. You know, I mean, just, just the idea of taking, taking down all those pizzas in a year. And then you were like, you know what, now I'm doing tacos. You know what, now I'm doing sandwiches. And now you've kind of grown this into a whole thing. So um, I think it's, great and really awesome with what you're doing and it's it's always nice when uh the person behind it is just as great as the content they're making so dude you're way way too kind thank you for lying to all my listeners about me being a nice person (laughs) Uh, no way yeah i'll uh yeah no but uh dude honestly uh, people like you make it worth it so um Thank you so much, oh, man. Thanks. Well, we'll have to have you back on. Uh, if if and we, I was going to ask you like some Detroit related questions at the end, but you're you're not even from Detroit, so I'm not even going to do that. Yeah, don't, let's not <laughs> let's not embarrass myself any further. <laughs> oh no, you 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 gave your you gave a, a great account of yourself on this podcast. Well, thanks again, man, and uh, we'll be in touch soon. All right, thanks a lot. And, okay. and if you do want to change your name to Dozaddy, you don't even have to credit me. Uh, I will though. I will. I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely get, put your name in, in the bio. Thanks for listening to another episode of the LA food podcast. Thanks to Kyle Davidson for coming on and sharing his story. If you like what you heard, please go to our uh, page on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Leave a review, give us a rating, preferably five stars. Um, And if you want to find me at the LA Countdown, go to Instagram or TikTok at the LA Countdown. That's T-H-E-L-A-C-O-U-N-T-D-O-W-N.